Welcome to the One Things pilot episode. This is our first one, our first one things. That's right. However, it is the pilot episode, and unfortunately, that means the audio might be a little bit spotty. <laughs> it's only going to get better from here, friends. There's only up. Yes, and I swear it's not my fault. Steven, you're doing okay. Okay, well, in that case, I can admit it's totally my fault. Thank you, Pat. And now, let's get on with the show. Now we play this show. <laughs> Hey everybody, how are you? Welcome to One Things. This is the podcast with Pat and, and Steven. Hey Steven. Hey Pat. Are you excited to talk about One Things today? I am. Many One Things. What's our, what's our One Things today? Well, our One Things today, which is great. It's actually very suitable. This is our first episode. We're evolving. We're growing. You know, we're slowly digging our roots in and working out what brings us sustenance. Yeah, I think you know where I'm going with this, Pat. Yes, I do. We're going to talk about baloney. No, trees! Oh, trees. That's right, trees. We're talking about trees. Yes. Uh, one thing, I do want to say that, so this one thing is trees, right? Yeah. And Stephen has taken the lead on this one things. Mm-hmm. So Stephen has done, you've done all the, the research, quote unquote research. Over a page and a half of topic. research. Right. One whole page and a half research. And so you're going to kind of lead this in regards to the trees side of the world. Oh, yeah. And next time, I will be in charge of whatever, probably. Probably. We'll take turns. We'll work it out, all right? It's called ebb and flow, right? It's how trees live. Yeah, trees. Our one thing today is all about those big old, trunky, good, big old, planty friends. (laughs) Those good buddy of us. Of ours, the trees. The trees. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> they are good friends of ours. I, they, I mean, they honestly, they need to be. They need to be? I feel like we need them more than they need yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's more what I meant. Okay. They've been, so trees have been around for 370 million years. At least. Not At to mention least. the ones that are now petrified. Oh, yeah, and that was just like in shock. Ah! Yeah, the, ah, the, the world. Yeah, fucking and world. Then, petrification so i actually looked up what was around before trees what was what because good can, god can, what was around can you even trees? picture like before trees i would i mean i would guess it would just be like a series of dense shrubs that's the so that does count those are around so there's a whole oh, those of are trees shrubs. Oh, okay no no they were just that everything was like nothing grew more than like three feet was that yeah. because there weren't any predators do you think that were like tall, like giraffes, for instance, like they evolved to get the highest bits of the leaves. Do you think there wasn't, there weren't any taller it was like predators? A, it's like a space race with giraffes. You know, the trees are like, I'm over here. And the giraffes are like, I'm coming for you. But like very, very slow. Well, okay. So in talking about trees, the one thing that I do want to say, though, is that we're not talking about marijuana, which is like trees is like slang for marijuana. Well, who- we're actually going to talk about real trees. I, I want to slow your roll here. Who is using is trees it? as slang for marijuana? The sweet oh. Mary Jane, the yeah. wee, the deck, the wacky tobacky. Who is saying trees? Well, I will say Reddit has a whole thing, r slash trees. I was told that and I looked it up because I didn't believe it. It's real. That's real. So if you go to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash trees, and I did this yesterday, 
it is just post after post after post of the weirdly most generic weed related posts. It's like a dude with a photo of his pipe. It's a photo of somebody's bud. It's a photo of a ball. It's equivalent to going to a Grateful Dead concert without any understanding of what the culture is actually supposed to be. And that's, that's the similar, that's what that would be for marijuana. I feel, I feel like it's like going to a Grateful Dead website and people just having photos of Grateful Dead t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, right. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's, I, I don't know who that guy is on there, why he has no skin. I guess he's a skeleton. Is this tie-dye, but it's monotone? And then the, I don't know what's happening. Get on it. Get Grateful Dead. On it. Get on it. <laughs> so trees in some weird land is slang for marijuana. Yeah. Some, some, so putting that aside, let's talk about actual trees. Hold up. How do I use that as slang for marijuana? Like, oh, like, uh, hey man, you got any trees? That is not gonna work. <laughs> I don't know. I genuinely don't know if any of this is right. <laughs> this actually, I just, I just, uh, that's our byline for this podcast is I'm not 100% sure if any of this is right. We may or may not have looked at Wikipedia, but only at glance. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what Wikipedia told me about what how trees are used for shade and shelter timber for construction, fuel for cooking and heating, and fruit for food, as well as having many other uses. Well, I guess if we're not going to cover all of the uses. <laughs> no, I know. What's the point? Well, I mean, and that, speaking of generic things, that was, those are just things you could observe. That's, that's too bad. Thank you, Wikipedia, for, for no real information at all. No, there might be some kid out there who's like, whoa, fruit comes from trees? I actually, I saw, I, I, I glanced at a, a page that was like interesting facts about trees. And it said that a healthy tree can be at the value of up to like $10,000, but there was no classification or, or reasoning behind where that money came from or goes or it, oh, they just yeah. like, oh, $10,000. Like, That's a beanie what? baby situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this tree, uh, this tree, uh, it, it was commemorating Princess Diana. This is a ten thousand dollar tree. Yeah, well, don't don't cut the tags off of that thing. It, it yeah. drops five thousand bucks. I will say uh, because I I don't have a very green thumb. I always leave the tags on any plants I buy. Yeah, that's they, smart. It, it tells me how to take care of them, right? How much sunshine they need, <laughs> when to water them. I saw uh, there was a, a robot. Somebody made a robot that you put your plant inside of it and it moves around the room following the sun but it will also high five you occasionally if you ask it to do so yeah which i mean I've always wanted my house plants to high five me never mind a robot to do it as well <laughs> bring me high fives and congratulations robot come here my friend <laughs> no come, don't move when i try to water you get no come back Oh, no, he's outside. Uh, the floor is so wet in here. <laughs> You're like, oh, call the, call the fire brigade. <laughs> so, something that we might not have thought about um, as to generic individuals is uh, when was the last time you thought about tree climbing ethics? Oh, the ethics specifically, I mean, it's been quite a bit. 
but the actual act of climbing a tree i actually did that this weekend oh yeah because you have kids so you were i do or was this about something more personal well it it, it was indirectly because about the kids because we were actually out flying kites and one of them got a bit tangled so i had to get up there and and uh detangle because i couldn't i couldn't yank on the string anymore i had to get into the tree and actually get it out Pat, of we live in a disposable culture you just cut the strings go to kmart oh my god gotta goodness. stop you gotta stop trying to keep reusing these you know because the thing is people we're talking about plastic bags you can't just throw plastic bags away all right it's bad for nature but no one complains about kites you just cut it cut it free well, that's actually why I tie string to, okay, I should rephrase. <laughs> Our kites are just plastic bags that I put string on. So I couldn't just leave it up. Oh, in that case, definitely get that out of that yeah, tree. Yeah, no, I had to get that out of the tree. That was, I mean, if it was a tree full of kites, everyone's like, oh, that's an art display or, or oh, kids live there. But yeah, no, no, it's just kids trash. Live <laughs> kids live there. <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. That must be a house of kids right there. That's a house of kids. So I oh so I uh, I was looking at uh, tree climbing ethics. You th so what what I I've never I've genuinely never thought of ethics around surrounding tree climbing. So if you're a uh, like a you know a good tree climber or like a high level tree climber it's like mountain climbing right or rock climbing you need to have agreements you need to have understandings with each other um so one of the things that they said because i know nothing about the culture of tree climbing other than a my kite is stuck up there or b how cool would it be to climb this tree um but so like they have apparently if you're a really good like socially aware tree climber then sometimes you'll leave notes like uh like a laminated brochure or something at the base of the tree so people know what you're doing up there oh. right and you shouldn't you know like make sure that people know like oh you're not try you're not climbing with leg spikes or anything because you care about the trees yeah wow i didn't that those all seem like very viable ethical postulates by which to live through i now I mean, I, yeah, no, I, I mean, my, my whole understanding of tree climbing is if somebody's in a tree and they've been there for a while, they're trying to keep a bulldozer from knocking it over. Yeah. Uh, or they're, they're a very sizable bird mm -hmm. or somebody who thinks they're a bird. Let's call it that. Yeah. Or they're not accepting uh, Dale as their new father and they, you know, they want their mom to come and know that they're not taking it anymore. I yeah. have to, I take a step and say that I appreciate that you use Dale uh, oh. as one of the two chipmunks. Dale. <laughs> oh, you think that he? Uh, I was up there with Dale from yeah, the chipmunks. I mean, that that hey, chipmunk Dale. is like, you're not my father, Dale, and he's like, <laughs> don't mock me, Dale. You're an all right guy. That's on me. That's on me. I'm sorry. I'm going through a lot. I'm a teenager, and my new stepdad is a chipmunk. And he's not even the one who's named after the thing that he is. Right, Chip? <laughs> <laughs> that guy. He's not even the, he's like the one that's like not crazy. I mean, he's got a red nose for God's sake. He's the Rudolph of chipmunks. <laughs> How many different TV shows and pop culture elements are there of weird things living in trees? 
And chipmunks, let's be clear, are not weird for living in a tree, but chipmunks who wear clothes and have like a full like dining room set up in their tree, that's weird. <laughs> that is that is a, that is odd. I'll say it's odd. But I mean, heck, the Swiss family Robinson had a whole thing in a tree, so that was their only option though. Well, I mean, well, but there's a whole there is a TV show that talks about tree houses. Okay. Like, and they build very, very fancy tree houses, some for adults, some for children. But it's a whole show about how to structure your tree house so it won't fall down and it's got multiple trees. It looks like they look like Ewok houses. Ah, the Ewoks. Now that's a whole society. Here's the problem with Ewoks, all right? We're going to get emails. Oh, boy. The Ewoks had no natural predators on the ground. So why did they ever move up the trees? Or were the Ewoks a lot more powerful than we realized, and they had actually hunted to extinction their natural predators? I resent the fact that you suggest that you saw their natural predator. <laughs> I resent it. <laughs> I mean, what? we don't know. Maybe their natural pre predator is uh, the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> and the Empire, who have intergalactic spacecraft, only ever searched the ground. Yeah, only ever. I mean, they, I mean, come on. There's bigger problems with that whole thing. Like the Ewoks beating all, <laughs> 15. Between. I think that they could do it. I think that they cleared house with whatever horrible thing was hunting them, forcing them into the trees. All right. And then I think when the Empire turned up, they were like, this is, this is easy. It could have been a snake, some sort of like snakeish like creature that lived slightly below the bush that you could see. Oh, right yeah. Online. Like, for instance, why did trees get bigger? Because there were snakes and the trees went, mm -mm, I'm out of here. And they grew a bit taller. <laughs> I have I so many issues with the science behind that. Now, <laughs> Why are trees tall? Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we move on to the tree climbing ethics, there was one that I didn't say that made me very happy because there was a whole page of these. <laughs> oh, and one really? of them, one of them was uh, avoid scaring hikers with noises from the treetop. What? How often does that come up? <laughs> Enough. Enough oh, that it made it onto. Also, I'm up a tree. Let me have some fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what noises? Honestly, what noises could you make that some that weren't so out of context that somebody knew there was a person up there and immediately like wasn't scared of it? Or oh. who? Wh what noises could you make that that are just on that borderline? I mean, a wolf. That's not going to do it. Nobody's going to be like, "Hey, there's a wolf up that tree." monkeys you have to be in a certain part of the world to be like yeah there's a monkey up that tree uh creaking branch falling noises can you make that noise <laughs> oh yeah okay I, that could have scared me for sure i think we all know what they're talking about and it's children giggling oh <laughs> that would be absolutely petrifying or, uh, <laughs> from the uh, rooftops of tree like for the treetops <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty freaking scary. <laughs> I'd have my beer mace out real quick. Or that uh what's that uh uh the noise that the predator makes that Oh, that oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that that would I would probably start running at that noise probably. That's just I just weird. do irony quotes from up there. 
You're an ugly son of a bitch. Hey, who said that? Hey, get who out of those trees. Come on, come and get me. I'm not climbing that tree, you weirdo. Come on, I'm up here. I'm in the tree. You gotta get in. Get out here. <laughs> and then I'd be worried about booby traps the whole rest of my hike. Oh, wow. I mean, if you're not already worrying about booby traps during your hike, you're doing the wrong kind of hike. So in New Zealand, uh, the um, national park closest to where I live uh, is the Waitakere Ranges. And you do actually have to worry about booby tracks, uh, traps if you go off track. Really? Yes. So um, in the 80s and 90s, possibly earlier, uh, the Waitakere Ranges, because it's this massive national park, but it's right next to the city. So people out west used to um, have... and probably still do have marijuana plantations out amongst the trees uh and to stop people from discovering them and taking all of the delicious marijuana or trees as uh, reddit would have it called trees um, around the tree they, they would set up booby traps around it no way yeah so it's like a real problem of um you know if you're randomly going off track which i would say don't go off track New Zealand has no natural predators. The only way you can die here is if another person does it to you or you decide to wander off into the woods like a weirdo. <laughs> I mean, both of those have benefits, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just go for not quite the same as like the um, Australian walkabout. No, no. Quite, yeah, it's slightly different. You're just cold and wet. Like, yeah, it's a New Zealand uncomfortable bout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd That's be like, oh, if only there were some snakes to kill me. Well, I mean, luckily, the only real booby trap in the States is uh, Victoria's Secret. Well, did you know that trees talk? Uh, I knew of a species that interact. The, its root systems are so intertwined that it's actually one tree, but they thought that they were talking to one another. I don't know oh. where that... I, I feel like it's in some sort of wetland, but they thought that it was multiple trees, but it's actually just one large root system tree. They thought it was a rat king, but it turned out to just be a really scary rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They were like, we just have to untangle all of these tails. And they're like, wait a second. That's just one big rat. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, have you thought about learning ninjutsu? Well, at least he's got pizza to comfort him. <laughs> I don't think uh, Splinter ever really got into pizza. I mean, maybe he didn't get into it, but at least the delivery guys know where to get there. Oh, right? God, like, you imagine how depressing that would be as a pizza delivery guy? You're like, where are your upbeat Ninja Turtle children? He's like, when Michelangelo moved to Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati? Why? <laughs> Leonardo and Donatello have settled in Portland, Oregon. And Raphael, well, let's just say time has not been kind to him. And he's in the background, like, scratching his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Is that food? Cowabunga! <laughs> no, that's well, like what Michelangelo said. It's not yours. Everyone in, everyone in New York is wondering where where the Ninja Turtles live, but then it just turns out that the one pizza delivery guy totally knows. Well, this is what we have to come to, you know, when there's no trees in an urban setting. Otherwise, we'd be Tarzan swinging everywhere. Well, I mean, to that, to that end, I will say I heard recently that uh, a 
two blocks worth of trees cool the city temperatures down by i don't know like five to ten degrees or something like that just by having trees in the urban environment like it, it makes the city much much cooler well i mean it makes sense because of shade and stuff like that but i mean you know makes makes the city more enjoyable to live in one way or another well you say that but i don't want to have to buy a whole bunch of sweaters when we could just have global warming <laughs> that's definitely a short-term solution i think <laughs> was that not <laughs> no i mean sweaters and burning and bursting into flames that's like the same thing that's you know oh i mean uh, we both lived in chicago that those summers were beautiful oh, oh it was great you just be sweating everywhere. The thing about like a hot Chicago summer is it's very unifying. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot that's unifying about the weather in Chicago in general, because if it's everybody's bundled up and then there is that single day and anybody who lives in a temperate climate that, that or a climate that changes quite a bit can, can back me when I say this, there is a single day in Chicago specifically that, is warm enough that everybody just goes crazy. It's like, I mean, it's, it could be 45 degrees. Everybody's like, finally shorts weather. And everybody takes off all their big, their big bulky clothes. And there's a full day where everybody's the horniest they've ever been. And everybody's looking at everybody else going, Oh yeah. Cause you get those people have their ankles out. You can see people's yeah. necks again. Oh, absolutely. It's like taking somebody from the Victorian era and bringing them to the eighties and watching what happens. That's what that's. I lived in Chicago for seven years, so I experienced like seven years of those. But because I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand, where the weather year-round is completely unpredictable, so I never fell for that. So I was always the guy, you know, like it, it, on the on the train, surrounded by people who are like shivering because the air conditioning is like weird on the train, and then they get out and they're like shivering, walking down the street because it's just not that. It's sunny, but it's freezing cold, and I'm there with my coat on being like, oh, shouldn't have put those trees in, should you? <laughs> I, on the other hand, am standing in a bikini right behind you on the train. Just a mankini slinged up. I mean, it's I the mean, red line. What are you going to do? Thank you for saying mankini. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, you were just in a straight bikini? Yeah, no. I mean, I walk into Target. It's the first thing that's at Target. I put it on. I leave. Can we talk about America for a second? Yes, we can. So Apollo 14, which is one of the space missions, yes. um, which you might think probably has nothing to do with trees at all, but it actually has one of my favorite things that I found out about trees. Okay, go ahead. That's moon trees. Moon trees. What does yeah. a moon tree constitute? What is a moon tree? So uh, in 1971, uh, basically when the U.S. went up, to the moon they took up they took like four or five hundred seeds with them okay <laughs> just to, just to fly them around in space for a while yeah because the the dude used to be part of the forest service so uh, before he went before he went to space which is that's surreal <laughs> yeah true yeah like in your mind right is like you have to train just to be an astronaut your entire life and this dude's like now nah, i was saving forests and stuff I, uh, I I regularly climbed the tower and made sure nothing was burning. So they sent me to space. <laughs> They're like, this guy loves trees. Send him to the moon. Sounds good. Bye. So they took they took the seeds up there. 
they orbited with the seeds just hanging out and doing their thing and then they brought them back to earth and uh after a while they just started planting them they gave them to different uh forests uh forestry organizations around the country and those people planted the moon seeds and grew moon trees so that oh wow okay there's a lot happening here that i have to talk about for starters <laughs> j just i and i i have to this is it's bothering me and it shouldn't but it is if you just circle something, I don't think that could be, those are space trees. The moon tree, that's, unless it hit the earth, the moon, that was in the moon soil. Well, I, wait, I would need to know more. Um, no, I think they just orbited. I think they only orbited the moon. Yeah, so I mean, that's like, I don't, I don't go to like, uh, like Washington, D.C. and drive, drive around it and then go, I'm from Washington, D.C. Like, that's not. No, I like I, I still live where I live. <laughs> oh, because the wait, but this would the I think the proper uh, equivalent of this, right, is uh, have I ever been to um, to Singapore? Now I've stopped off in Singapore and been in the airport for many hours, but I've never been out of the airport. Yeah, no, that doesn't. You haven't really visited that. Yeah, no. You're... I think that's the equivalent, right? That's the orbit. Yeah. Yeah, you were, you were a uh, moon Singaporean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't like you. You don't fly from LA to New York, and you're like, oh my god, I visited uh, 24 states. Yeah, no, it's not that right. That's what I'm saying. You can't you can't check those off your map like you've been there. That doesn't. No, you just were in the air. So so these okay. So these space trees, uh, these space trees circled <gasps> the moon a couple times, right? Two or three times, I'm guessing. I don't mm -hmm. know. Probably just once because of the way that slingshot went. Yeah. Probably just Not once. I don't know how you think. <laughs> You're like eight times. <laughs> I don't know. Just science? keep going. Come on. Anyways, uh, goes around the moon halfway, right? Shoots back towards Earth. So what happened? So they plant them. Mm -hmm. Did they grow like, did they, had they, I mean, they were just trees, right? That's all. That's yeah. Uh, the official quote was, uh, these seedlings showed no discernible difference after 20 years of growth. Thanks for keeping track of them, science. Oh, that experiment is basically the best. That's the best, like, build up to nothing. Okay, Pete, we've got uh, Sandra on the line. Sandra, uh, any results? No. Okay, uh, well, we've got uh, Terry on the line. Terry, any results? No. Excellent. Uh, we've got Brian. How many of these did we plant? Hundreds? We planted hundreds of these. Okay, this is going to be a long 20 years. <laughs> well, I mean, I and apparently we didn't even keep track of them. We don't even know where like really? half of them are anymore. Oh. These could be freaky mutant trees, and we don't even know. Space mutant alien trees. <laughs> here's, a, here's a thing that I, I was just looking at over my notes okay and i should say this that uh the average urban the average tree in an urban city i'm gonna say right now this sounds very much like you're reading it from your notes i am i'm reading it from my notes because I, <laughs> I i'm literally this is fascinating to me here we I, go I just, so the average lifespan of a tree in an urban environment is only eight years what but I don't know why or how that is. I don't know if it's a matter of it getting cracked or crushed or whatever. Gross people. I mean, maybe that's what it is. But eight years, like, that's not even, that's not even, like, an old tree, I learned at one point that an older tree 
will consume 70% more carbon dioxide than a young tree. Mm -hmm. But that having been said, eight years old, like that's not, what is happening to all these trees? Well, they're probably surrounded by cars pumping out gross fumes. Probably. And weirdo people climbing them who clearly don't know the tree climbing ethics. There are ethics. You need to leave a note. Hey, everybody, I'm up here. Don't carry your groceries near here. I'm going to scream at you as the voice of a little child. <laughs> my my voice is like a little a small child, a small girl. <laughs> You're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Mine is like a nightmare old man. Oh, I'm a kid. <laughs> Yay, let's all party. <laughs> Up in this tree. So uh, th these trees... I'm going to say it. These trees are dying too young. Oh, yeah. So trees dying too young. I heard recently there was a, uh, I was listening to public radio and they were saying that the climate deniers versus climate change advocates, the advocates are saying, hey, we have to look out for the trees. It's going to be a problem. The trees are going to start dying if we don't clean up our act. And the deniers are saying, well, the trees aren't showing any you know, evidence that there's anything wrong with them. So it's not a problem. And the scientists are saying, well, yeah, but trees don't automatically reflect the environment as it stands. It will reflect itself three or four years from now, five years from now. But at that point, it's already past where it needs to be to solve the problem or to fix the problem. So you can't, that's not, that's not a fact we can use. Yeah. So by the it's gone it's already dead and and we can't fix it anymore so like people saying like well no i mean the trees aren't there's nothing wrong with the trees yeah you're right there's nothing wrong with the trees this minute because there can't be but they are being affected what is wrong with everyone i don't know we trekked those moon trees for 20 years and no, well, no change well there's a it's really just no difference it's just a moon tree he speaks a different language but he's still a good guy <laughs> they speak moon and east <laughs> Trees, trees, trees. We haven't talked at all about one of the most important trees um, to humanity. The the family tree? Oh my God, you got it! That is the one! <laughs> That's the one! Uh, I think, so I, um, I've never been interested in family tree at all. You know, I come from divorce on it. You know, it's triggering. Um, you know, like, hey, hey, explore these two parts of your family that don't enjoy each other anymore. Um, and my parents, my parents get along fine, but I do find like family trees so interesting. Like the, the, the whole metaphor it is so solid, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it's the genetic equivalent of a Kevin Bacon thing in my experience. Yeah. So you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, everybody's related to somebody important. But that's also the perfect way of putting that metaphor because the thing about the Kevin, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon or seven or five or two degrees if you're in New Zealand uh, is it goes to one person, right? And that's right. my problem with family trees is they're, you know, they're kind of, I guess it comes from you and goes down. But like, when do you choose to not follow one anymore? And how, how big can it get? Yeah, I mean, even even fifth, sixth, eighth, twelfth cousins. Like, at what point do you just stop caring? And am I so in a family tree? Are you the you're the trunk, right? 
Uh, well, I mean, so the roots go out. That's all of your previous family. And then your branches go out. That's your children and then their children. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I always think of it as, well, yeah, I guess that the family tree under that. Yeah. The middle would be you if you were the trunk. Yeah. Okay. I always think of it just starting at the trunk and not thinking about the roots. And I, the trunk would always be like my grandfather or my great, great grandfather. And then it leads out to me. So it kind of goes backwards, but that's the ones that I've seen. But oh. yeah, it would make more sense Mm-mm. that I would keep on after I exist. Pat, I am shaking up your world. You are the trunk of your family tree. You are the core. You're the important one. That's a lot more responsibility than I'm comfortable with. But I, I think you're going to do it. it. I think that you're very important. You've, at least you, you've got some branches going on. Mine, I'm just a cactus. Just one big old cactus, like boing, and everyone's like, "Well, I mean, he's you know, he's got plenty of pricks, but well, if you're standing out there, a going boing and have a bunch of pricks, that's I mean, let's just talk about that for a minute. That's important, ladies. I have a little prick. I've got a little prick, and I'll go boing, boing. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, well, that's, that's what you do. That's good. That's good for us. Yeah, I'm filled with tasty aloe. It's. I went to an aloe factory in Curacao. I think it's I called to? a forest. I no. Is it? I mean, it, they're not very tall plants. So it's. I mean, it was just like a field of aloe. Oh. And it was. You could try it, taste it as a drink, unprocessed mm-hmm. and then sweetened, and uh, that unprocessed aloe as a drink is tart. Something. Yeah, tart. I don't know if tart even explains it. It was uncomfortable. So that's been, that was one thing. All right. That was our first time we were taught. We talked so much about trees. We talked about earth trees. We talked about moon trees. We talked about space trees. It's just a bunch of things. It's just a bunch of things. It's a bunch of one things. Yeah. The, if you liked it, tell your friends, listen to more. If you didn't like it, tell your enemies. Yeah. Also, there'll be a different, different things. All right. Yeah. Lots of, things uh you can uh, check us out on any kind of social media at one things one things things. so many i'm up here i'm down here which is different for our voice types (laughs) (laughs) and that is my complete understanding of harmonies (laughs) thanks for joining us for one things bye One Things has been recorded via the internet between the United States and New Zealand. A huge thanks to our editor, Carl Litcher, for making us sound coherent. Well, as coherent as possible, anyways. (laughs) If you want to social media us, you can find us at so many one things or at so many one things.com. Catch us next time as we discuss one things. One things. One things. One One things. I think there's a delay. I don't. Is it a delay? One thing. One thing. One thing. <laughs>